Before we get into the episode, I'd like to tell you about a giving and service opportunity to help families this holiday season through City Impact. City Impact is a faith-based youth development nonprofit in Lincoln, Nebraska. They empower under-resourced communities through holistic youth, family, and neighborhood development. Here's a message from City Impact Communications Director and my friend, Lisa, about gifts of love. City Impact's Gifts of Love has been providing Christmas with dignity to local families in need for 24 years. In 2020, City Impact partnered with local businesses, churches, and thousands of community members to provide over $120,000 in gifts to more than 560 families. You can be part of Gifts of Love 2021. Sponsor gifts for a child for just $40. Donate gifts for the store. Or sign up to volunteer all at cityimpact.org. Your support empowers thousands of kids and their families to celebrate Christmas with dignity. Gifts of Love de City Impact ha proporcionado la Navidad con dignidad a las familias locales necesitadas durante 24 años. En 2020, City Impact se asoció con empresas y iglesias locales y miles de miembros de la comunidad para proporcionar más de $1,200 en regalos a más de 560 familias. Tú puedes ser parte de Gifts of Love 2021. Patrocine regalos para un niño por solo $40. Done regalos para la tienda. Regístrese para ser voluntario. Todo en cityimpact.org. Tu apoyo permite que miles de niños y sus familias celebren la Navidad con dignidad. This episode is about trauma and ways one can heal from trauma. Although we don't go into detail, be advised, in our conversation, we reference sexual assault, the murder of George Floyd, and other traumatic experiences. Please listen with care important because it impacts how we how we live how we think how we interact with the world and those in it when we've experienced trauma we look at the world through that lens of trauma it does reflect how we behave and as a believer it, it affects my relationship with god as well and i have to come to grips with where was god in the midst of my trauma does he still love me and explore the truth of that. Our memory is not just having a, a visual recollection of what happened or a detailed list of the facts of what happened in a particular event. Our, our body reacts because our body remembers. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've personally had Molotov cocktails thrown at my church group because mm-hmm. we were an African-American church group in the wrong neighborhood, threatening our lives. It's a safe place for Black and white people so we can hear one another. Right. This generational trauma, we talked about other traumas. The The racism here in America has affected us. Mm-hmm. And it is something that we can seek to get healing.
Grit Podcast, getting real, immersed in truth, intersecting hard conversations with the gospel. We seek and speak the truth about what's going on around us. I'm your host, Rabrina Rettel. My guests today are Don and Doreen Gordon. Don is pastor of Faith Christian Church of Chicago Heights, Illinois. Don takes his ministry cue from Ephesians 4.12 to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. As a result, Don's ministry focuses on empowering God's people to enjoy an authentic, intimate relationship with Jesus Christ, teaching and ministry training and healing of emotional wounds and trauma. Don enjoys ministry in the local church setting, conference speaking, individual counseling, facilitating trauma healing groups, and serving as a trauma healing group master facilitator. Don is a graduate of Trinity Evangelical Divinity School with a Master of Arts and Religion emphasis in urban ministry and from Eastern Illinois University, a BA in sociology. Doreen is a facilitator of the Praying for Progeny Ministry. Her biggest delight is to see others grow in their relationship with God. Doreen has ministered in various capacities, including Bible teacher, worship leader, and women's ministry coordinator. She also facilitates healing groups and trains healing group facilitators and is a master and training facilitator with the Trauma Healing Institute. Doreen is a graduate of Northwestern University with a Bachelor of Arts and Economics. Don and Doreen recently celebrated 40 years as partners in life and ministry. Thanks for joining us today. I appreciate you both. Marina, glad to for, be here. Yeah, we're really glad to be here and really feel honored. I'm honored to have you. I participated in a generational trauma group, which focuses on racial trauma, which we'll get into that a little more later. Uh, but that's where I met Don and Doreen. They were also my facilitators when I went through the advanced quipping as I'm certified in trauma healing also. And now Doreen is my mentor. I feel privileged that they and honored that they chose to join me today. Let's talk about trauma and what trauma is. Can you explain what trauma is? Either one of you can take it. Trauma is also referred to as a heart wound. Mm. Throughout our lives have different, we've been wounded. We get wounded emotionally and our hearts get, get wounded. Grief is like different than trauma. Grief is losing something important to us. Anytime you lose something, not just a loved one, could be a job, could be, could be uh, your, your Billy Williams baseball glove. It, it doesn't matter. You're gonna you're gonna have experienced grief, and that's a sadness over that loss. Mm-hmm. But what makes something traumatic is when it's accompanied, you know, with isolation, being alone. You feel like you're alone in it. Uh, with with fear and other anxiety like that, that takes it to another another level and makes it traumatic. Mm-hmm. I like that we look at it as a heart wound. Yeah. Yeah. Why is that? Why is it important to address trauma or the heart wound? Well, it's important because it impacts how we how we live, how we think, how we interact with the rest with the world. And those in it, when we've experienced trauma, we look at the world through that lens mm. of trauma. And uh, I'm African-American, 
male and 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 through my life I've experienced trauma as a as a result of being an African American male. And well I've had not just you know systematic racism, but also personally. Mm. You know, I've personally been insulted. I've personally been stopped by the police for no other reason than I'm black. I've I've personally had Molotov cocktail thrown at my church group because mm. we were an African American church group in the wrong neighborhood. Mm. And they let us know it by you know, throwing Molotov cocktails at us, threatening our lives. That trauma impact can it can impact how, unless that trauma is healed, impact how I look at white people in, mm-hmm. in our culture. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and as well as other people in, in other relationships and other situations. Mm-hmm. But trauma impacts can impact. You know, we can look at life through that lens, mm-hmm. and, and uh, which often is not true. It's a false narrative. Now, trauma healing, because you discussed how you have been traumatized racially. Yeah. And you also talk about other types of trauma in mm-hmm. the trauma healing group. We'll go back to the general, because that reminds me of the generational trauma group that we were in when we were talking about racial trauma. We will come back to that. I wanted to talk about some of the other areas of trauma that you all address as trauma healing facilitators. Well, as a facilitator, you are not necessarily sure what trauma your participants may have dealt with. Mm -hmm. Some have dealt with abuse. Some have dealt with rejection, shame. Mm -hmm. There's all sorts of things that life throws at us. And really, I have, I don't think I've met anybody who would say they've not experienced any trauma in their life at all. Mm-hmm. So I think we all have different degrees of trauma and it does shade, it does reflect how we behave. And as a believer, it, it affects my relationship with God as well. And I have to come to grips with where was God in the midst of my trauma? Mm. Does he still love me? and explore the truth of that versus maybe the things that how we feel the isolation don talked about and those kinds of things Mm. so uh almost any kind of thing that can traumatize you make you feel helpless make you feel horrified even at the time we can go through life and exist you know they talk about the functioning alcoholic we can be the functioning traumatized Mm -hmm. (laughs) but yet there are things there beneath the surface that if we address it could actually give us more freedom and help us to experience life a little more joy to be honest those things still happen to us those things won't go away but it's how we process it and and in the trauma curriculum we use is bible-based trauma healing Mm -hmm. and so the goal is to allow god to help us process that Mm -hmm. and to realize how much he still loves us and was there even during the trauma and 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 some of those conversations can be difficult. Yeah, other traumas. <laughs> I mean, COVID nineteen has been traumatic for everyone. Yes. And you know, one of the things with trauma is one of the things happened to the victim of trauma is it is that there's a, a loss of voice. Mm. That that we lose our voice, and without gaining our voice back, we, we can't get healed from that trauma. You know, that's why you see like people who've been sexually Sexual abuse. Mm-hmm. It can be decades, decades ago, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and and now they're speaking about it. Well, now they've gained their voice, mm-hmm. and they and they're determined to speak about it because it's bringing them healing. Right. And it's not just you know trying to get the get the perpetrator caught and faces you know face charges. It's about them getting healed. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes too in our society, we see a lot of, a lot of uh, the fruit of trauma. For instance, like like addictions. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, people generally don't just use drugs to use drugs. Oftentimes, they're using drugs to medicate their pain. Mm-hmm. And so, until you deal with that trauma, which is feeding, you know, the pain, or if you bring healing to the root of the pain, which is the trauma, mm-hmm. because the mode of addiction, you know, is not necessary. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not it's not medicating my pain. I don't need. I have no pain for it to medicate, so I don't need to to use this drug or you know, do, do, you know, do sexual stuff or, you know, turn to food or, or whatever that addiction might be. Mm-hmm. When addressing using drugs, once you uh, once you deal with that trauma, of course, then you have to deal with the effects of the body that mm-hmm. have now become dependent on that drug. Yeah. And but yeah. but dealing with that trauma can help you want to or actually be able to get the help that you need to get off that drug. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, and our body actually recovers, you know, like uh, our body detoxes off of drugs, like it's 28 day uh, detox programs. Our body gets that stuff out of our system. But what, what drives people back to use is the, the source of the trauma that had not been healed. Mm-hmm. And this is the solution. And so they can't go back to it. It's not that their body was calling for the drug anymore. It's, 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 you know, their heart, their heart wounds, and that was a solution of choice. Mm-hmm. And that's the one they chose to, to utilize. Mm-hmm. Trying to oh. numb the hurt. Yes. Oh, definitely. Or, or turn up the volume so, so they can't hear the hurt screaming anymore. Mm-hmm. And yeah. through our daily lives, what we will have are triggers that bring that pain back. We, we're really familiar with uh, war veterans, the PTSD, you know, through film and things like that. We've become familiar with that. So if you hear a tire blow and it goes boom, it can bring back, it can trigger the thoughts of being in a war zone where you were in danger. Mm-hmm. Now, intellectually, you know you're not in danger, but that sound triggered those feelings and those uh, thoughts that you're in danger, even though you know you're not, from being on the war field. However, that's the same with other traumas. So there are things in our daily lives that trigger sometimes these feelings that we have. We may realize, okay, this this trigger, um, hearing about a child being abused might trigger my own abuse. You realize you're no longer a child. You realize you're no longer helpless. You realize these things, but yet these feelings uh, come back to the surface um, by hearing, say, just something simple like a news story mm-hmm. or a boss says something to you the wrong way it can bring back the trauma of, of, a, of being a victim of a teacher who shamed you mm-hmm. in a classroom. I mean, it's a myriad of things. Right. And oh, I'm just so glad God knows us because he knows all those nuances and those little details. And he cares and he's there for those. But yeah. yeah. You know, one of the things that trigger me is sense, smell. Mm-hmm. A lot of my memories are in my nose. Right. 
and wow. sometimes I can smell something and I'm right back there. I'm like, oh my goodness. Right. It'll like catch me wow. off guard. I remember I was in a store one time and there was a scent and I was like, oh, I got to get out of here. Isn't that something? Of course, right. before I went through my healing journey. So yeah. yes. that pain was still at the surface for me mm -hmm. when I, when that smell or that scent hit my nose. And so, yeah, it can be a myriad of things. Yeah, our memory is not just having a, 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 a visual recollection of what happened, you know, or a detailed list of the facts mm -hmm. of what happened in a particular event. Our body remembers. Mm -hmm. That's why our, our body reacts, because our body remembers. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember with smell, with, with taste, with touch, with sound, mm -hmm. and it remembers. And then within presently, we'll have a physical reaction, you know, you know because of that, mm -hmm. that trauma. I attended a trauma healing group a year and a half, maybe, ago. Uh, that was my first introduction to trauma healing. I guess the American Bible Society's curriculum for trauma healing. While I attended that trauma healing group, it was also a facilitator's course. It was both. That's where I discovered that I had been traumatized by some experiences that I had in church. Mm -hmm. I had not realized that what I was feeling was trauma. And while I was in that session, it was a couple of day session, as that's when it came out. I was very grateful for our facilitators that worked because I was able to express that to them. And they were uh, very good at helping me work through that. They asked a series of questions and it really helped me when, once I was answering those questions, that's when it really came to the surface. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about the way that you bring things out and the type of facilitation that you do. I, I want to start with how that curriculum came to be in the first place, because well, it's fascinating to me how it even started. You know, back over a little over 20 years ago in Central Africa, after uh, Rwandan genocide, the indigenous pastors there were crying out for help. You know, they had all these traumatized people who survived, and really their responsiveness to, you know, the traditional preaching and teaching was like water going off a duck's back. Mm. They said, it's not penetrating, mm. you know, and, you know, and we don't know what to do. And so as the books of Bible translators and, you know, their, their African counterpart, which is SIL, they searched around and, and found a curriculum that they modeled. They did some modifications on it was the curriculum as well as our curriculum today, which is, you know, it's a, as Doreen mentioned earlier, it's a, it's a Bible-based curriculum, but it also has consulted with and is consistent with best mental health practices. Mm. You know, it's kind of like best, best of both worlds. Mm -hmm. and, and it just was really effective and gets so effective that SIL could no longer kind of steward it because other people doing ministry with traumatized people all over the world started asking for it. It got too big for them to handle, mm -hmm. and so they partnered with. Actually, today it's a it's a it's a co collaboration of eleven organizations, including American Bible Society and you know Good News Prison uh, Ministry and a number of other ones. Who um, they steward the, the curriculum, its development and innovations and training people training getting trained to do it. And the website is run by American Bible Society as well as they publish the materials. The Trauma Healing Institute is, is made up of this whole collaboration. 
these collaborative, they call it the Trauma Healing Alliance members. The curriculum now has been translated in over 100, 140 languages used in right now, I think 123 countries. Wow. And it is being introduced more and more here in the United States. And American Bible Society is spearheading really a, a real push to get to get this curriculum out and implement it here in the United States. And like during that, with our ministry, which is called To Equip His People, we are an official partner to, to grow trauma healing and introduce it in, in church and community organizations in the, in the Midwest. You know, uh, but we also spill over all over the country, but mm-hmm. uh, sometimes all over the world. But we're training people how to facilitate this curriculum because it is effective. Mm-hmm. And Baylor University last spring came out with a, a study affirming the effectiveness of our prison version of our curriculum and how it's impacted inmates and reduced PTSD symptoms and other trauma-related symptoms. And just really just raved about it. There was another study that was done in Africa with like at least 1,200 people who had done a, a trauma healing group. Mm-hmm. And they got interviewed right after the group to try to determine how effective was it. And then they came back six months later and saw that the effectiveness continued to grow in their lives. And the impact, just like yeast with, with, with dough, continues to grow the longer, you, you know. And so that was actually really, really encouraging. You know, because, you know, our personal experience is that it's work. It works, you know, but to, see, to have it uh, clinically is also just, just really gratifying. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was interesting that it started in Africa mm-hmm. and that the, no, go ahead, Doreen. I'm sorry. I was going to say, I think I was going to say what you said that Don mentioned the clinicians in the mental health mm-hmm. uh, world as well as as having an impact on it. But the pastors themselves, the local indigenous pastors also contributed to the curriculum, Mm. as well as theologians who came in and made sure the scriptures were used appropriately, et cetera, et cetera. So it was a coming together of the best practices of mental health, as well as the people who have to live it, the pastors, <laughs> and the people, they're li- dealing with the people on the ground day to day, and as well as theologians and people like that. So, um. Yeah, I, I, what I thought was interesting is that the pastors noticed that although they were presenting the message of God's love, mercy, and grace, or the gospel message— of Jesus Christ that the people couldn't hear it because mm-hmm. they were in so much pain and so traumatized. And the fact that they recognized that, like I, I thought that was very interesting. They recognized that this is why our people, they can't hear. And there is scripture about that. And the Bible, it talks about being able for those who can hear, for those who can hear the word, Right. So there is times where people can't hear the word. I just thought that was really interesting. And then how it became a global because of that. Yes. So often we aim the word. The word is powerful. I believe this. The word of God is. But we're aiming it at the intellect. And there, that's quite appropriate. Mm-hmm. But we're skipping aiming it at the heart. And where those heart wounds are and that pain. And often because of that, there's a disconnect. 
And so this, you know, God loves us. He has a great message for us and he wants to comfort us and heal us and encourage us, all those beautiful things. But often we're just aiming at that intellectual knowledge instead of helping people experience the truth of God's word. Mm -hmm. And and the truth, experience the truth of God. Mm. You know, I mean, our relationship isn't with a book. Right. It's, it's with the, the person that the book describes. Mm-hmm. And what we do with our trauma healing curriculum, I mean, is that we facilitate people encountering to get the healing, encountering God to get heard. I mentioned earlier about losing their voice. But how can I express my voice and cry out to God? Mm-hmm. And does God really want to hear what I have to say? God's word implies yes, mm-hmm. emphatically. I had a, a, a man in our group, one group I did, uh, a little bit ago. And I mean, he was a Sunday school teacher, raising his grandson, a good kid on his way to, went to college. And the summer before, he's in the wrong place at the wrong time. He ends up getting shot and killed in a drive-by. Mm. And now, now grandpa, the Sunday school teacher, he's messed up. Mm. In our curriculum, we talk about our, our sense of well-being. Mm-hmm. You know, these are the rules that we kind of just generally operate by. Well, this isn't how the rules is supposed to happen in life. Mm. You know, the, the knucklehead kid, he's the one that's supposed to be killed in the drive-by. Mm. It's not, you know, it's not my grandson who's on his way to college. It's not the, the little five-year-old sitting in the backseat of the car eating an ice cream sundae from McDonald's mm. to get shot in the head. Mm. We get all messed up about that because that, that, that messes with our sense of well-being. And the kind of the general rules that we operate with and assumptions, which makes it more traumatic. Mm-hmm. And as a result, he was stuck. And one of the things that we establish in our trauma healing groups, first thing that we establish is that we make it a safe place. Mm. That, that, that Sunday school teacher did not feel safe to stand up in church when the pastor declares uh, and exhorts the congregation to, to bless the Lord at all times and let his praise be continued in, in, in our mouths mm-hmm. to get up and say, I'm kind of angry with God right now. Mm-hmm. You know, it was not a safe place for him to do that. But that's really where he was at, authentically. Right. Right. You know, and since he was stuck for two years, we came to our trauma healing in class. And we have a lesson. If God loves us, why do we suffer? Mm. He was able to resolve his issue with God and get his trauma addressed, his heart wound addressed, and re-energized his relationship with God. Can I can I say something? One thing Don said he came to our trauma healing class. And often we don't like to use that word class, actually. You know, sometimes we do just because it's a group. It is not a class where you come and learn these these intellectual truths. Right. It is experiential. Mm-hmm. It is experiential. I mean, it's easy to call it a class. We often do all the time, but it, it's not a class. It is not a class. It is a place, it is a group where we come together as a community mm-hmm. and help and encourage and experience what God has to say and inform us about the trauma we've dealt with mm-hmm. in our lives. Yes, because Doreen and I have facilitated a group together and it is a experiential process. And sometimes people are a little apprehensive to participate at first, but then the, the more we get into it, 
they start kind of opening up because like Don said, they start to feel safe. That's a good way to uh, ex explain it. I stated before when I went to that church, when I experienced trauma healing myself, I had went to a church that offered the trauma healing group. And in my group too, there was people from all over the place, different cities, states in America. And they came to Lincoln, Nebraska to participate in this group. And it was held at Pastor Reverend Melody Poynton's church. She's been on a different episode of Women in the Pulpit. In her particular church, she has a large Sudanese community. They were going through the training by some of our facilitators, uh, master facilitators, so that they could take the curriculum back to Sudan and offer healing groups there. Now, of course, the pandemic happened because this was pre-pandemic when I went through that. But then the pandemic happened and they weren't able to, you know, provide that training at that time. I'm not sure if they've been able to move on, but so it was she offered it through her church. So talk to me about how a church who may be interested in their people becoming facilitators or just going through the trauma healing group, how that can work for them. If, if anybody's interested in bringing trauma healing ministry to their church or community organization, you know, you can contact uh, our ministry to equip his org, or you can contact the Trauma Healing Institute and let them know that you are interested in uh, a healing group or training, and we will connect you with who you need to connect with. We have trained facilitators all over the country who can bring groups, who can do trainings. And so that's what we do, our organization to equip its people does, you know, and our vision is to train teams of people for local churches so that you could blend this into your current ministry portfolio. Mm. And we don't want to tell you how to do this, you know, I mean, how to, how to fit it in your church calendar or whatever. No, that's, that's up to you. We want to provide you the tools mm -hmm. to do this ministry because it's training and resources in the church in America. As well as around the world. So that is in particular for churches who want to provide facilitators as part of their ministry. However, when I was hurt by the church, I did not go to church. I had to take a break. Mm -hmm. But I, I did go to mm -hmm. that one particular church because they were offering it. And uh, that particular pastor, she, she was very gracious and warm to me. And I greatly appreciate that. Probably helped my progression back to, but mm -hmm. these groups are also offered outside of a church and through Zoom, because I went through the generational oh. and the advanced mm -hmm. equipping through Zoom, which is an interesting experience because you do see people from all over the country and the world. It was a really neat experience. So talk about how you all set that up. I just want to address, you know, you talked about this ministry within the church versus without. And back to just a little bit within the church, often the church has become irrelevant to people, mm. because to some people. Mm -hmm. And this is a, a curriculum that can help as the church reaches outside its walls. Mm. <laughs> so that church 
Yes, it can help the people within its walls, but the church can also help people outside the walls of the church. So just churches either within or without can use can use this ministry wherever they want it to be used. But it doesn't have to be connected directly with the local church either. And so on Zoom, you can just gather. If you get if you are trained as a facilitator and you can go, you can go to the traumahealinginstitute.org. That's the the trauma healing website, mm-hmm. the website for the Institute. There you go. <laughs> so anyway, it is from there, you can see people all over the world who are conducting healing groups or trainings or whatever, or you can contact people through that website, but also you can contact us at our website, which is toequiphispeople.org, right. to org. But from that training, you can go to a training that you found out through them or through us. Mm -hmm. And after that, you can just gather some friends together, Mm -hmm. (laughs) some people together who you might know who needs it. And you can do it via Zoom. Mm -hmm. The training is needed. But when you go through it, how to do it on Zoom, it'll be clear. Right. Because and so you can go to an in-person training or Zoom training. We offer both ourselves, although in this COVID crisis, it depends. It just Zoom depends works. on where we are yeah. with the COVID uh, situation. Mm-hmm. But and people all over the world are doing both as well. Mm-hmm. So if you go to one that is on Zoom, it's clear how to do one right. <laughs> because that's how you will be trained how to do it on Zoom. So you can just gather some friends and do it. You can put word out to your community, whatever that community is, your coworkers. It could be a community of like-minded people who say veterans, for example, or it could be, oh, I just, it just could be so infant. The, the people who have been through spiritual abuse. Absolutely. Yes. In the church. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And you can do that. You can use Facebook to advertise. Mm-hmm. You can use other social media to advertise. It's up to you. Mm-hmm. But to get trained to use the materials, you do need to go uh, through an official training from the Trauma Healing Institute. We're as one of their partners, we offer that. Right. So you can come to our website. Mm-hmm. Or you can go directly to the traumahealinginstitute.org website. Yeah. I will definitely put those uh, links in the show notes. And one of the things that I wanted to uh, talk about, because when I went through mine, after I had experienced spiritual abuse, and I went through it in a church, but one of my facilitators was actually a chaplain who does prison work. She was also on the same podcast as Melody, and Ashley is her name. And so... Her and then the other facilitator, uh, Tony, were very good at getting me through that healing group. In order to become a facilitator, you need to have gone through a healing group. Is that correct? Yes. You have to first experience the curriculum and uh, yourself. Mm-hmm. And you know, when I first uh, heard about the training and my wife goaded me into going, you know, I went with a motive. I'm going to because I'm a, I'm a pastor. You know, I've done tons of pastoral counseling. And it's like, okay, I'll go and get some more tools in my tool bag. And they say, oh, you got to go through the curriculum as a participant first. So I'm like, okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. And in the very first session, I was personally impacted. 
totally surprised because in the curriculum, we, we do a lot of discussion. It's, it's real participatory. And so we do a lot of discussion. We have art projects, art, you know, which is another way to express your pain or get your pain out. Mm-hmm. I was doing an art project and, and I draw stick people, by the way. <laughs> it did not matter because it's not about the quality of your art mm-hmm. as it is about what, what are you trying to say with it? And it impacted me about oh, some grief issues that were 17 years old that I thought I was good at. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was good. You would ask me how, how was I in terms of my mom passing away mm-hmm. at that point? I said, I was good. I processed, I grieved normally, you know, I gave you, gave you the whole, the whole spiel. Mm-hmm. But when I, when I, did that particular exercise, God showed me that, no, you're not good. Mm. And let me show you why. Mm. And I received uh, a lot of healing from that. And I knew right then, I said, if this did me some good, and I didn't think I needed any <laughs> anything, any healing, mm-hmm. uh, there are people out there who know they're hurting, mm. that it's going to do some good to, and do some good for. Going back to our, our training, once we train you, I mean, we don't just you know, you go through our training, which is a, a full training is like about 22 hours of training. And then we, you know, kick you on the street and say, go, go and heal the world. We also uh, are, are real big on mentoring. Mm-hmm. And also, we don't encourage you to do a trauma healing group by yourself. Mm-hmm. We strongly, strongly encourage for all kinds of reasons, having at least one teammate, if not two, or to co-facilitate when you are doing our trauma healing groups. As well as having a mentor in place, like Rebrina, you mentioned that the deranger mentor, mm-hmm. and your mentor is somebody who you bounce ideas about. You know, they, your mentor may co-facilitate a group with you, co-lead a group with you. They may, you know, give you feedback, encouragement, pray for you. You know, it's a, whatever it's going to take to make you successful and, and get your feet under you as a facilitator yourself. That's what your mentor is. You got questions? You, your mentor is as a designated person who wants to do that. Right. You know, sometimes we feel like, oh, I don't want to bother them. No, this person already wants to do this. We want a mentor. We also have what we call community practice meetings. And our particular organization has one every month, once a month. Where And this is like a in-service for facilitators. A place where, you know, you continue to learn, hear new ideas and innovations, how people handle different challenges, network with other people mm-hmm. who are doing healing groups and it just opens up a whole lot of opportunities to facilitate. And you go through the training because you want to do trauma healing groups. And boom, an opportunity opens up. And because of a relationship, you know, that you've developed in our community, you get asked to, to, to do a group, you know, somewhere. That's true. Yeah. Then after we do initial training, we have our, our apprentices, as we call them, once you go through your initial training, you know, we have them do two practice groups. We call them practice because for the facilitator is really trying to get some experience going through the curriculum. And again, they're not doing that alone. They're doing that with other facilitators, but they're growing in their mastery of the, of the curriculum and mastering the participatory way in which we want the curriculum delivered, which is an adjustment for a lot of people. Because when we think about traditional teaching, the teacher is a center of knowledge and wisdom, right? In our, in our paradigm, we're facilitators. And all of us, one of our models is all of us is, is, smarter, is smarter than any one of us. Right. You know, so we don't, so we depend on everybody to share and everybody has something to contribute. So we want people to be successful. Then after you do two practice groups and, and in those practice groups, God doesn't practice healing people. He actually does heal people, mm-hmm. which is amazing. Mm-hmm. 
Then we have an advanced training where, where we confirm that you really know how to do this. An advanced training is, is a great experience as well. I agree. Mm-hmm. Meet some very interesting people. I have met the most gracious people in these healing groups. I've appreciated each that I've been through because just the way they are, they want to walk alongside Jesus in this healing. It's a part of Jesus' ministry, and it can be part of ours, too. One, one of the things I wanted to go back to now is the generational trauma. Mm-hmm. That group was extremely interesting to me, and there were so many light bulbs that went off uh, in my head and in other people's head. Like, there was things you didn't think about before. And I remember you all put me in a group with other women that also had children who were multicultural or biracial. And I thought that was so neat. When we met before, it it just didn't come up. And after we had been in that one segment, this was on Zoom. So we were put into a room and it was a small group. And I think it was three or four of us. And we had similar experiences in raising our children who were multicultural. That's when we decided to write a lament, because that's one of the practices in trauma healing, for our children. And we became a community. That experience alone was phenomenal to me. And it knitted my heart to those women. And they didn't look like me. And so right. it, it was a re- that was a really powerful experience for me. Yeah, yeah, and that was intentional <laughs> because we knew your background. I, it, I was, it was like, by accident. It was by accident. I was like, the Holy Spirit was doing something. Yeah. And it was like, okay, what who what groups have stuff in common? Yeah, in, in that particular part of the the, the curriculum. But yeah. with our generational trauma, you know, it looks at our experience of blacks and whites in terms of the the uh, ripple effects of, of the slavery experience mm-hmm. uh, because it's not only impacted uh, African-Americans, but also white people have been damaged by that as well. Mm. And so we begin to look at that and also hear each other's stories mm-hmm. and hear each other's perspectives. And, 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 and through that, what often happens is a bonding. And again, it's a safe place. Yeah. It's a safe place to talk about your pain, you know, to talk about how you've been hurt and what you thought about, somebody that didn't look like you. Mm-hmm. So those exchanges are very, very valuable in terms of bringing about healing. You know, one of the reasons why, you know, here we are in 2021, still stuck is because I know from African-American point of view, white Americans still haven't heard. They haven't wanted to hear our pain. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, all the debate going on about critical race theory is, you know, saying we don't want to hear about your pain. What do you mean? You want to hear about my pain? You know, it's like it's an insult. How could you say to people of African descent, descendants of slaves like I am, how could you say that the wealth in this country was not built on the, on the backs of my forefathers? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you had free labor and then increase your bottom line and that stuff. And wealth is generational. And so, and as well as those people as well, wrote the laws. You know, poor people don't write laws. Mm-hmm. But that's what generational trauma does address. So someone may have the feelings and the experience that Don just talked about. 
mm-hmm. someone may have a different experience, mm-hmm. but we get to hear what those experiences mm-hmm. are. And it's a safe place for Black and white people so we can hear one another. Right. And here, a particular incident may have affected the same incident. Mm-hmm. How did the announcement of George Floyd, how did that affect me? Mm-hmm. And Black people are not homogenous. Right. White people are not homogenous. We all have different experiences, but we can talk about them uh, in this realm. As well as this generational trauma, we talked about other traumas. The The racism here in America has affected us. Mm-hmm. And it is something that we can seek to get healing from, mm-hmm. whether we can be healed from the effects of the trauma, even though the trauma may be ongoing. <laughs> right. right. One thing I liked is also that in our particular group, it wasn't just black and white, but we had wow. other ethnic groups also mm-hmm. uh, in our group. And so I appreciate that too, because they were people of color also who had experienced racism in a different kind of way, but they still had experienced racism right. and how it affected them generationally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah. We even had somebody in, in that particular group from, from London. Mm-hmm. You know, she was a, a black Brit and it was amazing to hear her story and I how mean, it really paralleled African-Americans. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I, I actually, you know what? I just might ask her to be on the next one. There you go. <laughs> I'm going to send her a message. Excellent. <laughs> I, I agree. Yeah. So basically the trauma healing, first of all, healing is possible. Yes. And healing is accessible. You can receive it and you can work through it. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean that it's going to just, it's it's not a, like a magic pill or whatever. And right away it goes away, but it starts the process it starts the journey. And that is what I've experienced personally going through my first trauma healing group. And I have been on a journey of healing for over a year and a half. And, yeah. and it continues mm-hmm. to grow because then you, of course, you, you can be traumatized by several things and not realize it until you start the journey. Right. And you yeah. continue to heal. So you're healing from one experience and then you're healing from another experience and another and so that's what I appreciate about it. Yeah. And, you know, something else we're bringing is that you you can also be equipped to help others heal. Yes. And, and uh, which is really exciting. And which is really exciting. And, you know, we, you know, so often when we're in pain, you know, you, people, we get really self-centered when we're in pain. With trauma healing, our, our program, not only do you process your own pain, but also you begin to minister to other people mm-hmm. and, and help them process through their pain. And we become more of a healing community, as well as, well as what you mentioned, uh, too, about, you know, processing through one trauma. You're given some tools to help you to continue to process through your pain as you go along. And, and that's one thing that really excited me. Our subtitle of our curriculum, our curriculum is entitled Healing the Wounds of Trauma. The subtitle is How the Church Can Help. Mm-hmm. And it's a kind of, it's like a two-pronged approach that we have with our curriculum. One Yes, we'll give people an opportunity and facilitate them experiencing healing, but also we want to give the church, the church in general, tools. Not the building, but the yeah, it's not the building. Church and the body, you know, 
We want to give tools to, so that you can be uh, uh, ministers of reconciliation, you know, mm-hmm. helping people to heal, help people reconnect with God, you know, and, and also begin to change the church culture because a lot of times our church really does not facilitate healing. Doesn't want to talk about don't no, talk don't want to talk about people in pain. Don't want to talk about hard things and no. situations mm. and traumas. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How many times you've been? How many people have ever been in a funeral you know, at church and and somebody says, "Oh, baby, don't cry." You know. You know. Be strong. Wait a minute. My mama just died. Right. You know. I got my mama stretched out here in front of me, and you're telling me I can't cry right now. Mm-hmm. You know that's damage. Yes. That's yeah, that's whacked. That is doing harm to people mm-hmm. when then, well, no, this is the time when they should cry. Mm-hmm. God, if God didn't want us to cry, he wouldn't have gave us tear ducts. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, and Jesus wept. There we go. And he, he sure <laughs> did. And I don't want a crocodile tear either. Mm-hmm. You know, so we're trying to give, you know, tools on both. You know, one to help you deal with your stuff, but also help us to deal with each other's stuff a lot better. So we can be a community of, of healers. Mm-hmm. I am grateful that you all participated in talking about this with me, having this conversation. And hopefully, those of you who are dealing with trauma or hurt, if you have a heart wound, please feel free to uh, reach out. I will put the link in the show notes for Don and Doreen's website. And you can connect with them. I'll also put the link for the Trauma Healing Institute in the show notes. Once again, I want to thank you both for joining me. Thank you, Rabrina, for having us. Thank you. It's been a pleasure to get to know you. It really has. And for I me, enjoy you. For me too. Aww, I enjoy you too. All right. Now that's one dynamic duel right there. I appreciate them. Also... There's times where I like to attend Don's house church via Zoom. If you enjoyed this episode or if you enjoyed the podcast, don't forget to give Grit, Getting Real, Immersed in Truth, a five-star rating, follow, and share. Getting Real, Immersed in Truth is written, produced, and edited by me, Barbrina Reddle. Original music by composer Michael Coffey of Handcrafted Studios. Connect with me on Instagram at Rabrina Rettle and check out my website, RabrinaRettle.com. I also have another podcast on Life Audio, Mama Take Heart, Understanding Your Gen Z Girl. It's designed to help mama be the compassionate, gospel-centered, and influential voice in her girl's life. Okay, friends, until next time, keep your head up when getting real while immersed in truth. Mm-hmm.